We are presently at the end of the time of human government and near the time of the establishment of the kingdom of God upon the earth. Well, we will discuss several specific things prophesied for the end time that are in the process of happening right now on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and I thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And as I said, there are many prophecies that letting us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Really, you have to understand these main prophecies to really understand what's going on in the world. I hear many people talk all the time about a world government and all these different things. However, if you do not understand the prophetic aspect of it, the prophetic perspective of it, it's going to be hard for you to really comprehend what's going on. Who's the principal driver behind it all? Where's it going? Why is it here? Why are they creating a world government, a world religion, the mark of the beast? So it's very important that we understand these things. So with that said, let's talk about some prophecies that are, going to, that are coming to pass right now, letting us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ when He will establish His kingdom here on the earth. And we all need to be prepared for that day, which will happen very soon. So the main prophecies we should be watching for are, number one, a world government a world religious system that's being established in many ways, ecumenism, interfaithism, precursors to the mark of the beast. We're also watching for a World War III scenario the Bible talks about, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. Also, we need to watch for an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement leading to the building of the third temple. Another one is great end-time revival. A lot of people skip that. I've heard people actually say before, well, there's, the Bible doesn't talk about a great end-time revival. I'm like, it, it's, it absolutely does. And so we need to talk about that. Also, um, there are many things that tie into these main events that we should be watching. Many prophecies. And so these are the things that we're going to talk about today. I'm just going to go down through and show you how these things are coming to pass in our world, so you'll know what to watch for. If you're not watching, if you're not sober, these things will sweep you by, and you won't even have a clue. You're, you're just oblivious to it. And so the Bible says that the coming of the Lord will come as a thief in the night to those who are not watching, who are not sober. But the Apostle Paul said, you are not children of the night that that day would overtake you as a thief. Your children of the day, so you watch and be sober. And Daniel said that during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So it's your job to understand these things and to instruct others, building their faith in the Word of God, which has the words to eternal life. So let's talk about many of these prophecies. Let me show you how they're coming to pass um, in the world right now. 
Number one, a world government will dominate the world for three and a half years prior to the Battle of Armageddon. It's, it's mentioned many times in Scripture, Daniel 7.23, Revelation 13, verses 1 through 8. This end time, a federalization of nations will formulate and they, the entire world would follow after this entity, this world, religion, world government system led by the Antichrist. So with that said, global elites have been for decades working feverishly to create a world governing body. Everybody on the earth is feeling the effects of these efforts right now. Nobody is exempt. The outcome of these efforts is the formation of international institutions specifically designed to govern the entire world. Uh, Many of you would recognize these organizations such as the United Nations, the seat of this world government in the earth today, the International Monetary Fund, the International Criminal Court, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, uh, NATO, that's just to name a few. There are hundreds of others. They're designed to govern your country, no matter where you live, no matter where you're listening to me at right now. China, India, Israel, Europe, down in South America, wherever you're at. Everybody's being affected by this. And if you think about globalization, sustainable development, the international community, global governance, the new world order, the global political authority, uh, the liberal international order, and the United Nations, they are all modern terms used to describe the world government. They're all, they're synonymous terms. And so... I wanted to show you, give you some examples of how this is coming to pass. In the the Federalist, they published an article, the United Nations is planning to seize the global emergency powers with President Biden's support. Some of you already may have heard of this, but in September of 2024, and I, I just pulled a few excerpts from this article, In September of 2024, less than two months before the next U.S. presidential election, the United Nations is going to host a landmark Summit of the Future. You'll definitely want to watch for this. The Summit of the Future, where member nations will be able to adopt a pact for the future. And this agreement is going to solidify numerous policy reforms offered by the United Nations over the past two years, as part of a sweeping, um, it's sweeping, uh, it's called the um, Our Common Agenda platform. You've heard current Secretary General Antonio, Antonio Guterres talk about the Our Common Agenda. Well, this is what they're trying to implement. implement. Now, although there are numerous radical proposals included in that agenda, perhaps none are more important then the United Nations plan for a new emerging emergency platform, a stunning proposal to give the United Nations significant powers in the event of future global shocks, such as another worldwide pandemic. 
It's something we absolutely need to be watching for. Many of the details of the United Nations emergency platform, they have been laid out in a, the, uh, back in March 23 in a policy paper titled Strengthening the International Response to Complex Global Shocks and Emergency Platform. Now, we're going to get deep off into this because you need to understand what's really going on behind the scenes. You don't hear about this in like um, on, on, on the nightly news, right? They don't, want, they don't want the populace to know anything about this, so they don't talk about it all the time. But if you dig a little deeper and understand what's going on, you can see it's being established right now. This is world government, folks. This is just one of the many tentacles. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800-END-TIME. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. In this paper that was put out by the United Nations, the UN Secretary General writes, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General of the United Nations system with a, and the United Nations system, a, with a, a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach. Now, once triggered, the emergency platform would give the United Nations the ability to actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equity and solidarity at the center of its work. The United Nations would bring together the stakeholders of the world, including academics, governments, private sector actors, and international financial institutions 
to ensure there is a unified global response to the crisis. Consider um, everything, the mask mandates and the, the stay-at-home mandates in, during COVID-19. Think of that on a grand scale. Well, the emergency platform would also give the United Nations the power to ensure that all participating actors make commitments that can contribute meaningfully to the response and that they are held to account for everyone on, for the delivery of those commitments. So, in other words, the United Nations would be given unprecedented authority over the public and private sectors of huge swaths of the world, all in the name of battling a yet unknown crisis. But the problem is, it actually gets worse. As difficult as it might be to believe, the, the, things could get darker from here. Although the duration of the emergency platform would initially be set for a finite period, at the end of that period, the Secretary General could extend the work of an uh, emergency platform, if required, according to the United Nations' own policy proposal. So that means the Secretary General would have the authority to keep the emergency platform in place indefinitely, all without reauthorization from member nations. Now, you just hear this on the nightly news every night, right? Absolutely not. They're not going to talk about any of this stuff. They want everybody involved in um, a, a fire in Canada, which is a horrific thing. But they'll get everybody so mesmerized on that that they can push all these policy issues and people just, or, or in, they want you getting involved in Hollywood or sports and all these other things. And there's nothing wrong with some of that, but if you're so mesmerized on some of these things, they can pass these policy issues and next thing you know, you've got to abide by it and you don't even know how it came into being. But we're talking about world government today, the world government that is going to be in place at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's being established right now, folks. So, what kind of global shocks would trigger the emergency platform? Well, the United Nations provides several possible examples in this proposal, including a major climatic event, future pandemic risks, a global digital connectivity disruption. You know, everything's going global, right? Um, a major event in outer space. Think about that. And uh, some people's personal favorite, unforeseen risks, black swan events. I mean, just whatever they can come up with. I, they, um, you know, Hillary Clinton said, ne never waste a good crisis, and Rahm Emanuel. And so it's all about control, everybody. They really don't care about sustainable development and about the climate. They know that climate... Uh, human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, is an absolute hoax. It's all about control, about wealth redistribution, about implementing socialism. That's what these things are all about. So, this isn't to say that these incredibly broad categories would be the only potential justifications allowed to trigger the emergency platform. The proposal makes it clear 
that it would allow the convening role of the United Nations to be maximized in the face of crisis with a, with a global reach and should be agnostic as to the type of the crisis. As we do not know what type of global shock we may face in the future, right? Perhaps they'll just dream one up. Imagine the world government doing that. Beyond that, the Secretary General would decide when to convene an emergency platform in response to a complex global shock, is what they're calling it. Or, put it in simpler terms, a global shock is whatever the UN's leadership says it is, triggered whenever the UN desires. But, um, the Biden administration supports the proposal, and, and that's the problem, because then that drags the United States into all of this. The emergency platform proposal could possibly be the biggest attempt, I should say so far, at a power grab in the history of the United Nations. And as shocking as it may seem, it pales in comparison to the Biden administration's treatment of this extremist proposal. I mean, rather than assert America's independence and sovereignty and and have like an America First platform, the White House has expressed its support for the emergency platform. Uh, U.S. Ambassador uh, Chris Liu. And you can go read this online. He, he noted in at least two March 22 speeches that the Biden administration backs the emergency platform along with numerous other proposals included in um, Secretary General Antonio Guterres' Our Common Agenda. The emergency platform would centralize an immense amount of power and influence, giving the United Nations, which I said is the seat of global government in the earth today. It would give the United Nations uh, greater control over the lives of even Americans than it has ever had before. And rather than stand up for Americans' rights, President Biden has already agreed to sell many of us out. Now, if the emergency platform is approved, the United States, as we know it, would cease to exist. And we don't want that. And many have speculated this. Now, I know, but God. Uh, God has said in His Word that the United States is not going to be fully compliant with the world governing body in the end time and that we will, we will stand with and protect Israel against the world governing body in the end time. But it looks, you know, kind of dire on the, on, the, on the surface, doesn't it? And... But it's kind of true. I mean, we either stand for freedom now or we risk everything later. And there are many people that are standing up for freedom as we speak. There are governors that are passing laws against the implementation of different things. And, um, but I also know that at the end of the day, we're not going to be fully compliant with the world governing edicts in the end time. We're not. We will be fighting against that all the way until the end, which gives me a lot of hope. I, I told, I, I've told our um, staff here at End Time many times, if I didn't have God, I would be scared, knowing these things. If I didn't have God and didn't know these things, I would just be ambling through life in a fog, not really knowing you know, um, where we're all headed. 
just hoping to make enough money so I could leave some for my kids and live a decent life. But now that I understand the Bible, Bible prophecy, I know where we're headed. I know the events that are going to occur. I'm watching all this stuff happen. Then it puts a sense of urgency in me that, hey, I've got to um, evangelize. I've got to know this stuff for myself, and I've got to share it with as many people as possible. Because I don't want anybody else walking through this stuff blindly and having all this stuff just pushed on them. And so it's very, very important that we understand these things. Uh, Daniel said, They that understand among the people shall instruct many. Bible prophecy absolutely can be understood. And this world government is something that everybody on the planet will deal with, now and in the future. Especially if we have somebody in the White House that is a globalist that believes in a world government and thinks this is a good idea. And so we certainly don't want to be any part of this in the end time, do we? Because Revelation 13, 1-8, the Antichrist, the Bible says that the dragon will give this entity its seat, power, and great authority. The dragon is Satan. The dragon, Satan, is the principal driver behind the efforts toward a world government in the earth today. Okay, so that's number one, world government. And that's all, get this everybody, that's one aspect of the world government. There's the sustainable development goals. There's many other things going on. But that's one way that I can prove to you that they're pushing, pushing, pushing the envelope uh, to establish a world governing body in the earth today. And they want to have dictatorial powers. They want to have totalitarian powers. They don't want um, just a, the United Nations just to be a paper tiger to make suggestions or just to, um, to pass resolutions and everybody says, ah, I don't even care. You're just a big paper tiger. No. They want the United Nations, these globalists, to be to have dictating powers. They can dictate to a nation, don't do that or else. That's what they want. You've heard Antonio Guterres make speeches and uh, saying that he was uh, mad, he was upset because the United Nations didn't have the teeth that it's supposed to have. The teeth, the enforcement methods. It's World Government 101. And I watch it. I keep a close... Uh, watchful eye on world government because I know it's something we're going to be dealing with and I don't want any part of this. I wish there was a time when I could talk to some of these major news organizations that talk about this or some of the conservative ones that talk about this from a secular standpoint but don't understand the prophetic portion of it. They get a lot of it right but they don't bring in the prophetic portion knowing What's going to happen? Who's going to be involved in this? Who are the major players? The Bible tells us all of that. And so perhaps there will come a time, uh, maybe after a World War III scenario or something in the future, that um, phone will start ringing, right? I mean, I'm on many radio and television interviews already. But there will come a time when uh, it will greatly increase and we'll have a lot of people on these interviews sharing the prophetic portion because... Most people are teaching we're going to be gone when all this stuff happens. Guess what? We're going to be here, and we need to be sharing this with people. I mean, God didn't put all this knowledge in the Bible to say, okay, I'm going to take my church out of here. Now, the rest of you guys, fend for yourself. It's not how it works. It's not how it's going to work, folks. And so it's very important that we understand, I've got to know this stuff so I can share it with others and help prepare them 
for the time when God's coming back before very long to establish His kingdom here on the earth. Now, that's number one. Number two, I wanted to share something with you about um, the precursors to the mark of the beast. Because these are, if you understand Bible prophecy, these are very, very recognizable. If you don't understand the prophecies of the Bible, then you would think, ah, central bank digital currency, that sounds pretty good. I can get a, a government subsidy check like that. They can put it in my bank account. Everything's real smooth. And, well, yeah, but the government's going to know everything you do. Yeah, but uh, who cares? It's all digital. I mean, we're going that way anyway. No, no. We don't want anything to do with that. Uh, because cash is freedom. Cash is privacy. Digital means that the government, the Federal Reserve, the central banks around the world will be able to see and know every single thing you do and can potentially cut that off if you don't comply to their edicts. Now, so the Bible tells us in Revelation 13, 16 through 18, each person on the earth will be required, the biggest majority of them, let's say, to have a mark or a number in order to buy or sell. The Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell. No man would be able to participate in the economy as a productive citizen, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And just such a system has never been possible until right now. With the invention of the computer, the birth of the internet, blockchain technology, and many other things, this prophecy can only be fulfilled right now. You know, I wonder how the writer of Revolution, uh, Revelation knew to predict this, just such a system way back in 95, 96 AD when he was exiled out on the Isle of Patmos. How in the world? Well, because God knows the end from the beginning. And he told John, just prior to my second coming, this is the type of system that's going to be established. So in the end time, economic control will be used to force the citizens of the world to comply with the dictates of the Antichrist and his one world government. The plan is going to be to give everyone on earth their own unique identification number that will be necessary to function in society. If any individual does not submit and obey and pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his supreme authority, that person's number, your central bank digital currency, your um, digital platform that you operate on in society is going to be invalidated. You won't have access to get gas, to get groceries, and this, that, and the other. I don't know how it's all going to happen um, over, like in, in Europe and all these other different places. I don't believe it will be fully implemented here in the United States. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to go through some stuff here in just a little while to show you why I think that. Many ways, actually, but some things that are happening in the news right now. And so we're going to go through that on the back side of the break. Some states that are passing laws that, hey, we will not recognize central bank digital currencies in our state. Now, that's the way we could do it because the states have a lot of power that the government cannot overrun. We'll talk about that on the backside of this break. Very, very important that you understand what's going on right now because we're going to live through this. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or go to endtime.com. When we talk about this mark of the beast system, people that will not conform to the edicts of the Antichrist, not take his number, They're not going to be permitted to hold a job or participate in the economy. It's going to be economic sanctioning. And this individual sanctioning system is going to require everyone to be participants in a digital society. You can see it happening right now already. They cannot control you if they can't control cash. And if if I give you a $100 bill, I I can't tell you what to spend that on. I don't have any... Um, way of tracking that. Hence the current efforts to continue the transition away from cash onto everybody onto a digital system. The transition from cash to digital is by grand design, everybody. It's not just because technology caught up with us or something. It's by grand design. In the end, it's all about control, control, control. And many of the global leaders are saying, we have to do this. We can't track on all this. We, we, don't, have, we don't know who people spend. Um, the um, trying to think of the guy's name. Uh, the guy over the, the president of the uh, Bank for International Settlements. Augustus Carsons, I think his name is. Well, he, is, he said, well, we, we don't know who people are spending their pesos and their dollar bills and things on. But the central bank digital currency will give us the power to know exactly what's going on and to control it. So this is a sort of a a global digital identification system the future world leader will use to economically sanction individuals into compliance. And it's also a 2,000-year-old prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes. The financial world reported that central bank digital currency adoption soars globally as 130 nations embark on their exploration. Um, Asia leads the charge in a central bank digital currency adoption. The, uh, while uh, many African countries are cautiously observing from the sidelines, and uh, according to um, an enlightening analysis by the Atlantic Council. 
So this survey reveals that nations representing an astonishing 98% of the global GDP are exploring central bank digital currencies with 11 countries already having fully launched their own. Can you imagine living in a country that launched a central bank digital currency and they're moving off of cash? How would you feel? And many of them have said, well, we're not really going to get rid of cash. Yeah, but when they get this central bank digital currency up and running and flowing and everybody's moving on to digital, look at what happened in India. Um, the, uh, their, the leader, Modi, wanted them to all move to digital banking and different things. So he got up and he said, okay, your $500 bills, your $100 bills, your $50 bills, those are all no longer worth anything. And people were like, you what? you got to be kidding me. They had to go, but digitally, we got to move to digital. And they all started going to get bank accounts because you've got to have a digital bank account to have access to government subsidies. I mean, it's a mess. And that's how they got the people to start flooding the government systems to finally get set up in the banks to set up bank accounts. So, the, the last three years have seen the central bank digital currency movement gaining incredible momentum. Uh, and approximately 95 countries have joined the race, while 130 have initiated some form of central bank digital currency-related programs. Most of the world is already headed in this direction. In China, authorities have unveiled several initiatives to encourage the use of the digital yuan. A, a significant step which is forward in this digital financial frontier. So the process of retail central bank digital currencies in the United States, however, when this is very good news, has experienced a hiccup with the research suggesting a noticeable stall. The United States has not been entirely static, though. It showed, it's showed some promise in the eyes of these global leaders and this progress in wholesale central bank digital currencies, where digital currencies are exchanged between banks. Now, some good news. I've wondered how this is going to play out, because the Bible says the United States is not fully compliant with the Antichrist in the end time. We will not be part of the world governing body. The Bible tells us that when it gives the, the major nations that will be involved, all European nations, the leopard, Germany, the bear, Russia, the uh, lion, Great Britain, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, uh, or the or European Union as a whole, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. So they're all European nations. The United States, the eagle's wings in Daniel 7 is not mentioned in da- uh, Revelation chapter 13. But if you jump back one chapter to Revelation 12, 14, the Bible says when, the, when Satan is bound to the earth three and a half years, prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that the woman with 12 stars around her head in Revelation 12 is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place for time, times, and half a times. So the eagle in Bible prophecy, in time Bible prophecies, the United States, we are prophesied to be standing with Israel, protecting her from the dragon or the world governing body in the end time. And so, I've wondered, how is all this going to play out? Well, the Tenth Amendment Center states that now, in effect, Florida law has removed the central bank digital currency from the definition of money. 
I thought, wow, this is one way that we could resist. This is just one. There's many ways. This is one way we could resist this stuff in America. July 1st of this year, a law removing a central bank digital currency from the definition of money in the state of Florida went into effect. Senate Bill 7054 explicitly excludes a CBDC, central bank digital currency, from the definition of money in Florida, effectively banning its use as such in the state. The law defines central bank digital currency as a digital medium of exchange or digital monetary unit of account issued by the United States Federal Reserve, which again is a cabal of private bankers. It has nothing to do with the government. But these account, these monetary unit accounts issued by the United States Federal Reserve System or a federal, or I should say, besides that, a federal agency. Again, the Federal Reserve has nothing to do with a federal agency. Or a federal government, a, a, a foreign central bank, or a foreign reserve system that is made directly available to a consumer by such entities as that it is processed or validated directly by these entities. So, under the Florida Uniform Commercial Code, money means a medium or uh, authorized or adopted by a domestic or foreign government. The term includes a monetary unit of account established by an intergovernmental organization or by agreement between two or more countries. So, this um, bill, uh, 7054, adds that the term does not include a central bank digital currency to that definition. This is in the state of Florida, on the books, right now. So, the UCC is a set of uniformly adopted state laws governing commercial transactions in the United States. According to this Uniform Law Commission, because the UCC has been universally adopted... Businesses can enter into contracts with confidence that the terms will be enforced in the same way by the courts of every American jurisdiction. So the resulting um, certainty of business relationships allows businesses to grow and the American economy to thrive. And for this reason, the UCC has been called the backbone of American commerce. So... With the enactment of S7054, the UCC is no longer uniform. The House passed S7054 by a vote of 116 to 1 in Florida. The bill passed the Senate by 34 to 5. And with Governor DeSantis' signature, the law went into effect on July 1. So Florida was, get this, the second state to pass such a law. Indiana Governor Holcomb signed SB 468 on, back on May the 4th. So, Indiana, all you Hoosiers, the Hoosiers done the same thing. So, here's the question though. How such legislation would play out in practice against a central bank digital currency should the federal government attempt to implement one, is unknown. And this is the question that I've been asking and asking and asking. We don't know that. This is something we're going to have to live through and see how it all plays out. Opponents of the legislation generally take the position that states can't do anything to stop a central bank digital currency. Since, according to their view, 
under the Supremacy Clause, any federal law on this point will automatically override state law. But, we've heard this song and dance on other issues before as well. I mean, um, uh, what's the, the uh, response to the Real ID Act back in 2005 when George W. Bush signed that. Well, that's already 17 years late, right? On, uh, it's late on uh, full implementation because a significant number of states have decided we're just not going to participate. Or, in some cases, just provide residents with a choice to opt out. Their um, federal officials have confirmed that state-level roadblocks to implementation are the primary reason for the continuing delays. So, guess what? The states can just delay it or decide they're not going to participate. That's what we've done to the real ID up to this point. Uh, Roadblock. You know, that's likely the way this legislation to oppose the CBDC could play out. And it's part of the James Madison's four-step blueprint for how states can stop federal programs. Passage would, um, as noted by one opponent of the legislation, put a central bank digital currency into the bucket of general intangibles rather than money. And it wouldn't ban its use completely, but it wouldn't make it mandatory that everybody in the state had to use that. And that's very, very critical when we get to something in the future like a mark of the beast. Are you hearing what I'm saying, everybody? All is not lost. You say, well, no, uh, everybody on the planet's going to be under the reign of the Antichrist. That's not true. Most of the world will. But the Bible specifically tells us the country of Jordan. Daniel eleven forty one and 42, the Bible says the children of Edom, Moab, and Anam, Ammon will escape out of his hands. Edom is in the southern Jordan. The Moab mountains are in western Jordan. And then Ammon is the capital of the country of Jordan. Jordan will escape from the hand of the Antichrist. Israel will as well. You don't invade a nation i.e. the Battle of Armageddon, that you already control. Israel, The United Nations and the world government is against Israel in every way right now. And they always will be to the end. But Israel, many times, will just snub their nose at the United Nations. They, they're not going to comply. And, and i.e. in the case of the West Bank and everything that's happening out there. So, it's very important that we understand that All hope is not lost. Much of the world will come under the reign of the Antichrist, but there will be nations that will not. And guess what? The United States is one of those nations. And we've always wondered, how's all this going to play out? How are we going to pull out and stand with Israel at the end? Now, it looks like we're seeing some of those ways. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. 
Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. You know, everybody, that this, this is one of the things, the reasons why it is so important that you understand Bible prophecy. And it's not something that, hey, I'm just interested in studying Bible prophecy and, you know, uh, I I just think it's neat and so I, I study it. No, that's part of it. But for me, it is giving me direction. I know what's coming. I can instruct others. It helps to build people's faith in the Word of God because it's, it's one of the main ways that I use to validate the Word of God. And also, it gives me hope. When we say we teach prophecy and prophecy taught correctly brings hope in the end time and it, bring, it gives you a peace and it ignites an evangelistic spirit about you, Prophecy taught incorrectly brings fear. Fear. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Fear, fear. Okay? How am I giving you hope? Because I just told you, Jordan, Israel, the United States, they're not going to come under the full reign of the Antichrist. The Bible says that there will be those that escape out of His hand and those that um, will trouble Him. He's going to be fighting against people and trying to gather to garner the Pledge of Allegiance from everybody on the planet, but not everybody on the planet is going to give him that. He's going to be doing that all the way to the end. And so there will be people that resist. So when we're talking about some of these things, like, like this thing happening in Florida and in Indiana, people resisting the central bank digital currency, that people have been resisting this Real ID Act for 17 years now. You know, as you can see so far with the issues with that Real ID Act, whether a federal program is implemented or not, ultimately gets down to the number of roadblocks put up by the states and the willingness of people to participate or not. So I know that if we teach and preach against anybody ever putting a mark of identification on their person or anybody pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or the world governing system. If we preach and teach that with fervency, I know there's a lot of people in the United States and around the world that will say, nope, it's not going to happen here. We're not going to do that in the United States. That's why I was shocked when I heard a few years ago about these people up in uh, Wisconsin or Minnesota someplace where they had chip parties and they were putting chips in their hands. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Do you not understand anything about the Bible and Bible prophecy? You would never put a chip in your hand if you understood Bible prophecy. It's, it's, it's knocking on the door of something that you should not even be considering. You should absolutely never put a mark of identification on your person. I don't care if it's a chip under your skin a, uh, a, a mark of identification, a, a, a invisible tattoo that's a barcode and all this other stuff. I would never do anything like that. 
you're, you're flirting with things that you absolutely should not be flirting with. And I would never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or his world governing system. Never. Never, never. When, when the Antichrist stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple in the future and proclaims to be God, we will be screaming on the radio, that's the guy. That is the guy. Don't pay it, don't pledge allegiance to him. Don't follow him in any way. There will come a time when we can do that. That's why it's, under, it's important that we understand the prophecies. I know that we all the time get into this pre-trib, post-trib, rapture theory discussion and everything, but you better understand these prophecies because there will come a time when the Antichrist does that and people that are just so staunch in their pre-trib belief will say, that, you know, we're going to be gone when all this stuff happens, so that can't be him. You see the danger in that? And so we want to teach what the Bible says. We want to teach the truth. So that way we can understand and know, I cannot follow that individual. I've got to follow the Bible and what the Bible says and how the Bible is going to help me navigate some of these waters that are ahead. So it's important that we understand these things. We've got to get it right. The, the, um, if you think about that, um, digital currencies, they exist as, a, as virtual banknotes or coins held in a digital wallet on your computer or, or smartphone. Now, a lot of you have a um, d- debit card, okay? So you think, nah, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with a debit card, nothing. And so some people will, it's going to be easy for them to make a transition to a digital wallet, a digital, um, a, a central bank digital currency. It, they'll think, this is just awesome and easy. And there may come a time when I use a central bank digital currency. I don't know. I have to see how it all plays out before I dive off into that pool. But I may go back, I may go back to complete cash. Right now I use a debit card because I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. And I don't know if there's anything inherently sinful or wrong with the central bank digital currency. Okay? It's just a method of commerce. However, it is government control over that to get you to conform to their edicts that could be used eventually. Now now we got a problem. And if they come to me and say, you're using central bank digital currency... We want you to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. Now, that's pretty drastic, but I mean, there will come a time when that happens. We want you to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system, and, uh, you know, and we don't want you to purchase gas anymore. We want you to go buy an electrical vehicle. That kind of stuff. When they start to force compliance using their method of commerce, whatever that is, central bank digital currency or whatever, at that point, I got to say, no, nah, I can't do that. I cannot pledge allegiance to the Antichrist in his world governing system. Cannot do that. And so, you see the difference here? That's why we want to keep you up to date on these things. Because right now, probably nothing wrong with it. But there will come a time when we'll have to say, no, can't do that anymore. And what's going to happen is, is they're already programming these central bank digital currencies. They're saying they're programmable so they can, they can force you into compliance. Um, they're saying uh, that if you didn't, if they didn't want you to, let's for instance, a gas stove they're talking about getting rid of, which is total nonsense. 
But for them to say, wait, we don't want you to buy gas stoves anymore for the sake of climate change and all this other propaganda, then we will program the central bank digital currency so when you go to pay for them with your central bank digital currency, it would say, no, invalid uh, purchase. You can't buy these. You see how they can force compliance? So at that time, it'll start to get a little dicey, right? Because with cash, they can't do that. With cash, I go, I, I get paid and go to the bank, get uh, whatever my paycheck is at the end. If I get it all in cash, I can spend that on anything I want and the government can't say a word about it. But when it's a central bank digital currency, it's different, right? Your digital wallet can be held on a computer, a, a smartphone. And the difference between a central bank um, central bank, uh, or uh, some would say government, I would say central bank, uh, privately held cabal of private bankers, digital currency, and a peer-to-peer electronic cash, such as a Bitcoin, which is decentralized, is that the value of the digital currency is backed and controlled by the government. Now, again, the government has nothing to do with a central bank digital currency. You've got to understand that. That's why your dollar bills and 20s and 50s, they all say a federal reserve note. Go look at them. This is a federal reserve note. This is not a United States of America government note. This is a federal reserve note. Because the federal reserve is the one printing the money. The federal reserve is the one raising and lowering the interest rates. The federal reserve is the one who prints all the money. The federal reserve is the one who controls the amount of money in circulation. The federal reserve is controlling the economy in America. It's not the United States government. It's not. My father-in-law... Irvin Baxter interviewed Ron Paul years and years ago when he was over the, uh, finan- one of the big financial committees in the, in the government. He was the, at that top. And he asked him, he said, um, Mr. Paul, how much money is in circulation right now in America? And Ron Paul said, I don't know. And he said, like, you're the head of a, some, one of the big financial committees. I can't remember which one. And he, he was the head of it. And he said, you can't tell us how much money is in, is in uh, circulation in America? He said, no, I don't know. Because the, the United States government's not in control of it. The Federal Reserve is. And guess what, everybody? The Federal Reserve has never been audited. Okay, it's a Federal Reserve Bank. Never been audited. Why is that? Because they're running the economy of America. And... It's a cabal of private bankers. They have nothing to do with the government. That's why our money is called a Federal Reserve note. It's not called, this is the United States of America note, and you can use it. No, it's a Federal Reserve note. So, these digital currencies, they would be backed by and controlled by these private bankers. Just like this, um, like a traditional fiat currency. They try to tie the government in with it, but we went off the gold reserve back in the 70s under Nixon. And now when, we, when the United States has to borrow money, guess who we borrow it from? Who do we owe the, our debt to? We are, we, so many trillions in debt. A lot of that's owed to the Federal Reserve. Did you know that? So, ah, government-issued digital currency, supposedly government. They say government, but it's Federal Reserve-issued. It's central bank digital currencies. 
The central bank in America is the Federal Reserve. It's not the U.S. government. So these digital currencies, they're sold on the promise of providing a safe, convenient, and more secure alternative to physical cash, right? We're also told that it will help stop dangerous criminals who like to interact um, the intractability of cash. But there is a darker side, the promise of control. That's what this all boils down to. At the root of the move towards this um, central bank digital currency is the war on cash. The elimination of cash creates the potential for the government to track and even control consumer spending. Imagine if there was no cash. Just picture that right now. No cash. It would be impossible to hide even the smallest transaction from the government's eye. Something as simple as your morning trip to Starbucks wouldn't be a secret from government officials. Everything you buy, no no way of purchasing anything. Think about that. If we get there, I hope we don't in America. As Bloomberg put it uh, in an article published when China launched this digital yuan pilot program back in 2020, digital currency offers China's authorities a degree of control never possible with physical money. The government could even turn an individual's ability to make purchases. Think about that. Bloomberg described just how much control a digital currency could give Chinese officials, but that could go globally if these central bank digital digital currencies are rolled out on a global scale. Earlier this year, the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of the central bankers, said that 90% of the central banks are looking into and doing, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're testing central bank digital currencies and, and seeing how that would go. Now, the Bible says that everybody's going to be given a number without which they're not going to be able to buy or sell or participate in the economy. And can we see precursors to the mark of the beast? Absolutely. And folks, this is just one of them, of the many, letting us know we're in the end time. 